Hey everybody, we're here at Red Rocks Racing Sportsbook. He's Jason, I'm Chucky, and it is 2023, Jay. <laughs> the calendar has turned. Um, anyway, we're going to talk about Week 18, which is a little bit more preseason-esque for a lot of the league. I know it is for you guys and as well for us. There's definitely some difficulties from betting and some difficulties from the bookmaking side of it. And we're going to talk about the national championship game. Um, it's going to be kind of a fun week. We just left a week that was rather interesting. Um, but let's talk about the college football championship game first. And, uh, you know, it's TCU against Georgia. Kind of unexpected. I think everybody thought Georgia would be here defending champs, the way their defense is, uh, getting, you know, all those returning players on defense. Stenson Bennett at quarterback there. They're a talented bunch. TCU wasn't even ranked before the season started. We had them as high as 500 to 1. And there is a lucky guest who has a $25 ticket, one ticket out there, at 500 to 1. So before we dive into some of the stats, what do you think about this matchup, Jake? Yeah, I mean, you talk about where TCU and the, the Cinderella story, they were finished to predict somewhere in the in the seventh range in the right. Big 12. Um, obviously, we have the quarterback change after the week one injury, and Max Dugan, who had you know th- thrown 41 touchdown passes in his collegiate career, gets benched in that week right. one, um, able to come out and, and have uh, an incredible season, uh, find himself as a Heisman Trophy finalist in New York, and uh, Sonny Dykes has just done an incredible job with this team. They've been, uh, we'll call it the cardiac kids. They've had a lot of uh, late wins and some games that they've kind of stolen late, uh, and but incredible to be sitting in this situation. And obviously, the monster upset win over Michigan, uh, kind of everything went right for them in that game. They had Michigan turn the ball over a couple times um, in the red zone. Um, they actually got out first down by Michigan. Right. Michigan had more first downs, 25 to 19 in the game, and I think that that's why you see this big number that we're seeing as we look at the national championship opening up a 13-point spread, 13-point favorite for Georgia. The early money has come in on TCU where we've seen that line drop all the way down to 12. but this is a, a match, a, a David, a David and Goliath, and um, they'll they'll spin it as such. And it's really for me, it's going to come down to the defense that TCU can play. Um, they're 74th in the country, I, I think, allowing like 374 yards right. a game. Um, their their offense is not going to be able to stay that high-powered offense against this Georgia defense from a scoring standpoint. Number two in the country, I think, number six in the country for total yards allowed. So TCU to stay in this game to be able to cover that 12 points and be able to pull that Cinderella, steal it late, they're going to have to be able to stand up on the defensive side of the football. They were able to do that last week with the key Michigan turnovers in the red zone. Um, And then obviously the big play capability of uh, Duggan and Johnson. And, um, you know, they're going to be missing Keandre Miller in this game. This is their dynamic running back who has 17 touchdowns on the season, almost 1,400 rushing yards. So that's a big piece of the puzzle that TCU may be missing. Uh, But for me, for TCU to stay in the game, it's got to be about them playing defense and getting to Stetson Bennett both with pressure and maybe turning a ball over a couple times on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, they probably won't be able to trade scores like they did with Michigan in that game. Um, I think it's in the trenches. I think you look at the size of the offense and defensive linemen for the Georgia Bulldogs. That's where they have a huge advantage. I'm going to give you a couple of um, stats here, though. 78% of the tickets right now are on TCU getting the points. Uh, 73% of the tickets are on TCU winning the game outright, and 86% of the tickets are on the over. We've seen this total go up uh, two, two and a half points so far, and I think that's a product of what we saw in the two playoff games. It was just an onslaught of scoring. But here's a really interesting stat that I think you look at. TCU rushed against Michigan 
for 263 yards, 6.4 yards per carry, which kept that Michigan defense off balance. In Ohio State's game against Georgia, which they almost were able to, to pull off the upset there, they ran 32 times for only 119 yards, 3.7 yards per carry. So if TCU is thinking they're going to be dominant on the ground, it's going to be awfully tough against that Georgia defense. They're going to have to capitalize on turnovers, as you said, play some defense, and hope they get some big plays through the air. Yeah, I see this more as when, when I go back and kind of look at the game, for me on the Georgia side of things, I look at this like uh, the SEC championship game, right. uh, Georgia versus LSU, where LSU does have the ability, did have the ability to run the football, um, but can't do it on this Georgia defense. Found themselves down 35 to 10 at halftime. That game ended up 50 to 30 with TCU. Right. Um, it, you know, it, uh, LSU able to kind of get some garbage time touchdowns. For me, I think this game looks very similar. That we see a lot of Kenny McIntosh, who's the Georgia running back, um, and, I, and I don't think it's a ton of Stetson Bennett uh, to Brock Bowers. I think that Georgia focuses on the run game, keeping TCU off the field, and it's Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Um, we see them kind of blowing them out at halftime, and then maybe TCU uh, can get some garbage touchdowns to maybe get a backdoor cover late. But to me, this is a this is a big time Georgia win here. I really like the way that TCU attacked Michigan. I thought Sonny Dykes had a great game plan, and I know we kind of talked about it last week going into the playoff games that TCU could be the more relaxed team of the four teams that are in it. And again, when you look at you know 500 to one, um, no one expected them to be here right now. They can come in, roll the dice, be relaxed. It's Mad Max's last game at TCU. Um, they're going to have to be creative. I think they go for it a lot more on fourth down, and um, who knows. But uh, as it looks right now, we might actually be Georgia fans, but uh, we'll see a lot of the action coming in as we get closer and closer uh, to kickoff on Monday evening. And we'll have a lot of props up on the game as well. Yeah, the guys are already working on it. We're looking at all the player props, uh, special point spreads, special totals. Um, and I think one of the things you talked about, why the ticket count is on TCU, getting that big number. Right. And again, that big plus price on the money line. It's almost like when you see a, a boxing event with the big underdog right. that anything can happen in this game, and I can get that close to four right. to one payout on TCU, and it's it's worth that shot. Yeah. And again, you know the in play and in game that we have on the game. There's always a chance to uh, be able to bet the game as it's going on. So again, if you don't have the STN app, uh, make sure you get the app before that kickoff, um, because obviously we'll have a ton of wagering available on the in play. So it's Horn Frogs, Bulldogs. Bulldogs are looking for a little treat that night. Um, we'll see what happens, guys. But again, check out the app. There's going to be a ton of props uh, that you can wager on to make this game fun. And, of course, uh, the in-play as well. So we're going to be back now. We just touched on the national championship game. We're going to come back and talk about, I guess, week 18 and, and kind of the uncertainty that it really presents for both sides of the counter. We'll be right back on Bookends. It's football season, baby. And you know what that means. It's time to bet your buns off. And when it comes to sports betting, you better bet with the STN Sports app. So what in the heck are you waiting for? Download the STN Sports app today and trust the local favorite. Hey everybody, we're back here at Red Rocks Racing Sportsbook, Jason and Chucky, to talk about Week 18. And as we touched on uh, earlier, it's really difficult, I think, from both sides of the counter, Jay. I mean, there are a handful of games that mean something, and we're definitely going to touch on those games. But there are so many games that really don't mean anything right now. We've already seen dramatic line moves. It is eerily similar to what you see during the preseason. Yeah, it's, it's hard both for our, from us from a bookmaking standpoint, a handicapping standpoint, right. setting the lines for these games. And you'll see some weird stuff this week where you'll have first halves 
that have a, a big line, maybe higher than the game line, because we expect They're scoreboard watching. Yeah, a right. team to play in the first half, maybe rest their starters in the second half. Teams trying to win games, teams trying to lose games, maybe to secure draft picks. So uh, it becomes very, very interesting as these games go on. And then you add on top of it what's going on Saturday night to games that are happening at 10 o'clock in the morning on Sunday to having to turn off maybe 125 games. And obviously we have a 125 game this week with the Rams and Seahawks that'll affect what happens in the 520 game to where if the Seahawks beat the Rams, then the Lions-Packers becomes not a playoff game for the Lions, but a try and knock the Lions out of the playoff or knock the Packers out of the playoff. So a lot of stuff that's contingent on what else other results that I are going on. I think the Vikings too. I mean, the Vikings have, have now found the number three spot, but they're not going to know what the 49ers have done because the 49ers play later in the day. So the Vikings, although they haven't played well of late, um, they're playing a bear team without Justin Fields and, re- and not playing a lot of guys. But they're going to have to kind of play all their starters, win the game, and maybe hope that somehow the 49ers lose. So it's kind of a, a hokey week as far as that goes. But we're going to touch on the games that kind of mean something, and we'll break those down. So the first game we're going to look at is um, is Bills Patriots. First, got to talk about Demar Hamlin and you know what happened last week. So so encouraged and, and great to hear uh, about the the news that's come out so far of uh, Cincinnati that he seems to be doing really well and responding right now. Understand that it's still a, a critical situation, but I think we were all all kind of watching, and our first thought was uh, not about the game, not about any bets, but uh, the safe and health of Demar Hamlin, and and glad that he seems to be doing a little bit better. Yeah, I mean that's the best news that can right. come out of it, and obviously. Um, this becomes a very emotional week um, for the Buffalo Bills. I don't know how much actual practice time they're getting in and, and what they're doing in their camp, um, and we'll see what Sunday um, looks like for them. Right. Um, and obviously us putting a lineup on the game and the Patriots needing this game to find themselves um, in a playoff position and to get into the, and secure the playoffs. Um, we'll have a motivated Patriot team coming in. Uh, but again, this will come down to the emotions of the Buffalo Bills and can they get up for this game. And, and if there's that Hamler's doing good and we can go play or Hamlin's going to right. we can go play. This could be a very emotional sure. game for the Bills that they just ride that emotion to a big win um, or it could be a game that they just kind of struggle to get up off the turf and, and their focus and concentration well, might not be there. We know it's a huge game to the Patriots that they're one of the teams that, that does control their own destiny and they have to win this game. All the games that we're going to touch on today are divisional games, uh, all rematches of things that have happened earlier in the season. So you look at this game and earlier in the season the Bills beat the Patriots 24-10. Um, in this game right now, Bills a touchdown favorite. 73% of the tickets are on the Bills. 74% of the tickets are on the over. Um, so the betters, you guys think there's going to be some scoring here. A couple of trends here. New England 16-3 and straight up. Their last 19 at Buffalo. And 7-2 and against the number. Their last 9 at Buffalo. So maybe just a few trends there that favor the Patriots. Especially not knowing you know, what you're going to get out of the Bills this week. Yeah, and it wasn't like that this game was a long time. Well, this game was December 1st. So we're talking about right. just about a month ago that these two teams played. A lot of familiarity, obviously, with divisional foes uh, but again this is a game for me that's just simply riding on the emotions no, of where, right. the, where the bills are at um, and it's tough to tough to handicap emotion and how long that emotional last um, but really again feel uh, for the bills and the situation that they're in um, and we'll just see how this game plays yeah. out it obviously major effects on what happens uh, from a playoff seeding standpoint and where we go down the road from the playoffs. Um, so this is a major game to be looking out for, uh, even though yep. with the circumstances that the game's going to be played under. Uh, let's jump to another AFC game right now, and, and that's the, the Bengals-Ravens game, another game that's 
uh, um, a rematch from earlier in the season. In that game, the Ravens actually won 19-17. There's probably no team that's hotter or playing better than the Bengals right now. 81% of the tickets are on the Bengals in this game. 64% of the tickets are on the over. A um, couple of interesting trends here. Baltimore, five straight unders. Cincinnati, 5-0 and against the number their last five. So since he's playing, you know, their best ball, I think we always say when you look at the postseason, we want a team that, that's kind of playing well, is healthy, and kind of has that swagger. And the Bengals kind of, for me, have all three of those. Yeah, and, and we were they were kind of clicking on all cylinders, and obviously the, the Buffalo game kind of throws a little bit of, of a wrench in what was right. going on in their season. And again, talked about the emotion for the Bills. It'll be a very similar from an emotional standpoint for the Bengals um, once they get back onto that field. Um, for me, this game, uh, you talked about Baltimore beating Cincinnati 19-17. That game goes all the way back to October 9th when Lamar Jackson right. was healthy. Yeah. Um, the Ravens have been a very, very different team without Lamar Jackson. He will be missing again this week. Uh, very frustrated to watch the Offensively Ravens especially, this past right. week uh, against um, uh, the Steelers um, where they had the, a lead at <laughs> halftime and then essentially did nothing the entire second half. And so, yeah, you really have to ask yourself, what is this Ravens team um, trying to accomplish and who are they going into this game and who are they as they go right. into the playoffs? Uh, because without Lamar Jackson um, – They've scored 10, 16, 3, 17, and 13 in their last five games, averaging 11 points a game. And we're not even talking about playing the upper echelon right, of AFC right. or NFC teams. They've beaten Denver, Pittsburgh twice, or lost one of those games, Cleveland and Atlanta. So, I mean, we, they're, they're talking about playing bottom playoff-type teams here. They did get drilled by this Bengal team both times in 2021. Lost to them 41-21 to um, in Cincinnati and 41-17 to at Baltimore. Those are so, games that Burrow had huge games yeah, against. Yeah, and he poured and he it on them late. Right. He, he, yeah. uh, he was kept throwing bombs and, and late in the, into the fourth quarter and so was really pouring salt onto the wounds of the Ravens last year. And so I think that's a little bit in the Ravens' mind from last year. But again, the Ravens have a problem on offense. Um, this Bengals defense continues to improve, and we talk about Burrow and all those weapons. If they can't score, if they can't get over this 12-point average or 17-point high in the last five weeks against Atlanta, very difficult time of covering can't against Can't beat this Cincinnati scoring 17 team. points. Right. Yeah. Very true. Uh, next game we're going to look at is, is Jags-Titans. And it's hard to believe that it's, it's week 18. We're talking about the Jags who control their own destiny. There is kind of a, a hokey scenario where a slew of other teams all lose and the Jags maybe still get in as a wild card if they lose this game. But uh, these two teams played just a few weeks ago um, in Tennessee. Jacksonville dominated that game. They were down 13-3. Derrick Henry fumbled. After that, the game was basically over. Jags were on a huge roll, ended up leading that game. I think it was 32-14 before ultimately, or 36-14 before ultimately winning 36-22. And you guys agree, 72% of the tickets are on the Jags. 76% are on the Jags' money line. 74% over. A couple trends here, though. Tennessee, 5-1 and one straight up at Jacksonville, their last six. Tennessee's 4-1 and one against the number at Jacksonville, their last five. Yet Jacksonville is 5-1 and one against the number and straight up their last six. So both teams kind of have Jacksonville overall playing well. Tennessee has some favorable numbers against Jacksonville over the last six, last six meetings or the last three years. Yeah, and you talked about that domination the last time they played, and we talk about looking at the, these teams actually played December 11th, so right, it's yep. even um, not that far uh, gone that these teams don't both and remember that, was that game. Yeah, and, and that, really that was ended up being the, the difference in that game. You talked about the, the fumbles. Um, that game, when you look at it from a first down standpoint, Jaguars 22 first downs, 
Titans 22 first downs. It was the turnovers that made a difference in that game. The Titans lost three turnover, lost three fumbles in the game, as well as a Tannehill interception. So when you turn the ball four times, turn over the ball four times in the NFL, going to have a very difficult time uh, on, winning games. On that one, they were up, I believe, 13-3. I think it was a, a swing pass to Henry. He actually took it, I think, inside the red zone when he fumbled. They could have gone up in that game 23. Maybe the whole complexion of the game changes. But you're right, Tannehill turned it over deep, too. Those turnovers just killed him in that game. Yeah, and obviously you talked about you know Tennessee's record versus the Jaguars, and they've been good of late versus the Jaguars up until that game. So they do have confidence. Uh, I think that this is a game where we see the line a little bit elevated because of the way Jacksonville has been playing, and obviously the quarterback situation in Tennessee with Dobbs um, going to be their starter, and, and they've really had no performance out of him um, from from that standpoint. So it's going to have to be a Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry Who has had game. some success in the past against the Jags. But, but I have a feeling this game plays a little bit tighter than the game we saw last time, and I won't be surprised at all um, if we see this to come down to a, a really tight game late um, with a field goal deciding it for one team or another. And this is exciting that we get to yeah. actually see this game on Saturday, Saturday night, um, right. that we throw this yeah. in the Saturday mix to go along with the, the Raiders and Chiefs, um, but this is a big game on Saturday that you talked about. There is some backdoor um, ways where um, Tennessee or Jacksonville find their way in the wild card situation. If Highly every, unlikely, if everything but mathematically plays out it can with, happen. With, with right. uh, the right teams winning uh, the day after. So I think you're going to see uh, both of these teams play a, a very energetic game. And remember, both of these teams, somebody's going to end up in the four hole and be an AFC right. South champion and get to host a playoff right. game. Most likely against the Chargers unless something goes on there. But Jacksonville did beat the Chargers early in this season. So uh, both of these teams are teams to watch um, because they're going to get a home playoff game. And you're probably going to get them as a home dog in that game most likely. So something to look for there. I mean, Tennessee right now is on an extended losing streak. Um, Really hasn't played well. Uh, They've had Willis at quarterback, Tannehill at quarterback. Dobbs is getting the start here against one of the hottest kind of young teams in football. You really look at, at Trevor Lawrence and the interception, touchdown to interception radio, ratio late in the season. He's played really well. I, I think when you look at, at this team overall, one of the bigger surprises in football. Oh, the job that Doug Peterson's done here is absolutely incredible. And we talk about um, the, the going from worst to first right. in your division. Um, that's what Jacksonville's looking to do here and really a credit back to the whole to organization. Back, number one picks in the draft, which of course they won't have this year. Uh, now we're going to jump back to the NFC. Um, NFC East matchup, Eagles-Giants. Um, Eagles need a, a win here to solidify the number one seed in the uh, NFC. They beat the Giants 48-22 in an earlier matchup. Um, but the Giants getting points here, although it means nothing to really to the Giants, 81% of the tickets are on the Giants. I know there's still some uncertainty on, on Jalen Hurts. Here's a couple of trends for you right now. The Giants are playing so well. Giants 6-1 and one against the spread, their last seven road games. Giants are 5-1 and one against the spread, their last six games, period. Uh, Philly... Six of their last seven games have gone over. So they score a bunch of points. But again, it's just, it, this game is really difficult because you don't know how much Hurts will play. If he does play, they just want to get some of the rust off a little bit. And in the Giants' case, there really isn't any reason to play anyone in this game. You should rest Barkley, rest Jones. They've got a, young, a lot of receivers that are kind of young and banged up a bit. I think the Giants kind of rest all their guys, and, and Philly could pretty much walk through them, but it is a big number. Yeah, and the line reflects uh, what you're talking about with the Giants. Obviously, a 14-point spread um, more in line with the Giants not playing their guys in this game. They're locked in the six-hole, uh, very likely to be headed to Minnesota, um, who's going to f- probably finish in the three spot. No reason for the Giants to put their right. guys in line here. Let Barkley get a week of rest. Let Daniel Jones, um, who did a lot of running last week. Um, so, again, it's like handicapping the preseason as to how long we're going to see these guys play same thing kind of on the Eagles side of the football 
the fact that Jalen Hurts is going to try and play in this game speaks to that he hasn't played the last two weeks and try and get what you you know kind of talk about that rust to just right. get him back in game situation. So because if they win this game, they're going to have a bye week. So he would literally go a month without playing football. Right. Um, so we'll see if he gets in the game, how much he gets in the game. If they get an early lead, do they then go back to Minshew in the second half or the third quarter and the fourth quarter? And then you have to ask, ask yourself about the Eagles and the rest of their players. How long does an A.J. Brown play? We've seen them get banged up both on the offensive and defensive line in the last two games. The Eagles definitely want to get these guys healthy. They're in the playoffs. They don't want to get anybody else injured in this game. That's This is one of those games that you kind of talked about, like the first half number and the game number, but the second half number could be way different if they're up by that big number. And the Giants could easily get a backdoor cover because you may be seeing – second and third string guys against second and third string guys late in the game yeah and one of the things that i you know i look for both kind of last week and this week is those second half totals um when we got teams that don't have a lot to play for or are just trying to get out of the game without getting injured in particular a game like this where we have two playoff teams that want to get out of a second half without getting anybody injured i look for a lot of handoffs from both sides of the football to where if you're looking to handicap those second halves and bet half times especially get on the app be able to look at these halftime numbers um unders are the things that i look for in these second halves as both teams just try and get out of the game healthy um and not putting a lot of uh, offensive uh minded plays in the second half yeah i have to wait and see uh so uh, sunday night game nfc north lions hackers Packers win, they're in. We don't know for sure on the Lions right now. Lions would need uh, the Seahawks to lose to actually have an opportunity to to win this game and get in. I know we talked about the Jags a little bit. No team really has been a bigger surprise than the Lions. They had that slow start this year, and since then they've been red hot. Jared Goff has played well, both Williams and Swift in the backfield. Young wide receivers and Brown and Williamson and Chark has played really, really good. Jared Goff, I thought, you know, early in the season we were talking about who will the Lions draft that quarterback to be his replacement? He's done a phenomenal job right now. Love the job Dan Campbell did. Um, here's the, the kind of the betting trends, you know, for this game when you look at it a little bit. Lions are 8-1, Jay, against the number of their last nine. They're 9-1 against the number of their last 11 at Green Bay. However, 63% of the tickets are on the Packers. 74% of the tickets are on the over. 70% of the tickets are on the Packer money line. I think a big product of this is that we know how good Green Bay is in Lambeau and it's going to be cold and it's outside and it's a Packer team that has now found a way to get in with a win. And if if the Lions don't need this game, what is their psyche? I mean, they still could play the role of a spoiler um, and finish the season with a win here. But if it means something to them, maybe this number comes down a tick. If it means nothing to them, I think all these Packer numbers we see continue to trend up. Yeah, and I, I, we've already taken the line and somewhat trended it up. Um, a lot of uh, numbers around four, four and a half, where, where we sit at five and a half, kind of looking for that Seahawk win and then asking what the motivation is behind the Lions. I don't expect the Lions to lay down here at all. Dan Campbell Dan Campbell, not that right. type of coach. Um, so whether this game is for the playoffs or just to knock the uh, Packers out of the playoffs, um, I think the Lions are gonna or Lions are gonna be motivated. Um, for me, though, this Packer team, and we talk about the surprises and the surprise in this division, not so much us because we were down on the Packers, right. but just the fact that they've 
are standing back up and have a chance to, to be in the playoffs. Right. I and mean, this was a team that was really down and out, and a lot of these losses throughout the NFC, uh, the commanders and some of the other teams that kind of fell apart, make this really, really interesting that the Packers have found their way back in it. And they lost to the Lions 15-9 to right. um, November 6th, so going back almost two months ago. Ugly, low-scoring game. Yeah, but it really it was it was ugly on the Packers' side of the football. Um, 0 for 4 in the red zone, turned the ball over three times, two of them at the, the Detroit goal line. Um, Packers controlled the ball 34 minutes. Lions had Detroit about Detroit turned it over in the red zone as well. Yeah. Williams had his first, I think, red zone, or first fumble, fumble of the year. Right. 25 minutes of clock management for the Lions, and that's really what the Packers have done over the last couple of weeks is run the ball, run the ball with A.J. Dillon, not a lot of Aaron Jones, um, finding them just powering the football through those teams, controlling the clock. And um, obviously Detroit, if, if they have to go to a cold-weather Sunday night game here at Lambeau, um, with the playoffs on the line. Um, I think we read a stat, um, actually, in the Review Journal today that talked about teams that are in this situation, that 64% of the teams um, that are getting the points right. actually cover in this situation, but that the money line is so strong on the Packers to just be able to win the game. So something to look for there um, if you like the points. Um, but, again, this game is all going to change based on the 125, right. what happens with the Rams and Seahawks. Um, but I think you have to like the Packers in this situation. Um, this is what they were kind of built for, these cold weather, late late season games, and their running game and Aaron Rodgers um, not making the mistakes that he made in Detroit about two months ago. I agree with you 100%, though, that even if it means nothing to Detroit, I mean, with Dan Campbell and the motivational fact that, hey, you can spoil the Packers, that it, it's got to mean something for a young Detroit team. I think it's also, you know, thinking about Detroit and the way they played the second half of the season, uh, hats off to, to Campbell and the job that that, that that whole organization has done. And I know that we've talked about so many weeks in bookends that we're down on Tampa, we're down on Green Bay, Rodgers and Brady, but... You just wonder in the postseason, does anybody really want to play them? And do they have that extra kind of, you know, gear that they go to? And who knows? I mean, you're still talking about two of the greatest quarterbacks to, to play the game, uh, get them in the postseason. I can't imagine anybody wants to play them in the NFC. Yeah, and if, I mean, if the Packers find their way here in this seven hole, the likelihood is that they're heading to San Francisco, uh, who most likely is going to finish in that two spot. Um, obviously, has been a house, there's been house a, of horrors uh, for, several yeah, yeah. years of history right. with the, the Packers in San Francisco right. and the dominance of their defense uh, and their ability to stop the run, which is what the Packers want to do, want to do first. And obviously, we talked about Tampa, um, that that's going to be a Tampa-Dallas matchup, Dallas traveling to Tampa. And Dallas has just been, you know, kind of not – good and not real special right. the last several weeks in Tampa we continue to find watch them find ways to win games uh, in particular last week finally found a uh, Brady to Evans connection as Ooh. they they hooked up three Who times and so right. you know I you know. talk about you know the crazy things that happen yep. and uh, but but both of these teams were kind of down and out and have found their way back and again that's what's going to make the playoffs right. so interesting but let's not get there let's focus on week 18 and see what these teams can do in week 18 and right. like I said lots of betting options we'll have in play on all these games um it's to be really really interesting as we finish out the season here from a from a betting aspect and the guys are still putting up props on these games as well you're not going to find our full menu of props the way you did um in the last several weeks 
weeks as some of the games that really don't mean a whole lot, not a lot of props on those games because we don't know who's playing, but these games that do have playoff implications, we will have those full menus of props. And guys, we're in an information era, and I know these games that we touched on, for the most part, you're probably going to see these numbers stay relatively close to where they are, maybe except uh, the Packer game uh, contingent on the Seahawks, but but look out there because see who's kind of in and who's out on a lot of the other games. There's so much information out there, but every single day, now really every hour, we're hearing more and more information and things are kind of kind of changing on the fly. A um, couple of things we're going to finish up with. Now, maybe it's a thank you. Maybe you want to throw something at us for the Stephen Money's Fantasy Football Fever. We're hoping that we helped some of you guys get over the top and win some of your uh, fantasy football Super Bowls and championships. Uh, no uh, Stephen Money's Fantasy Football focus today. Um, but we're going to touch on the good, the bad, and the ugly to kind of finish off our, our Week 18 segment and, and uh, you know start the new year. First, the good. I know we touched on it, but it's really uh, Demar Hamler and, and his health. And, you know, that, you know, we watch so many football games and, you know, for years and uh, you always, you know, kind of wait for the, the player to get up and the thumbs up. And I think we were even sitting in the back, you know, watching that game. And it was just a, a very eerie silence that we were going through. And we saw that with the players um, and everyone in the stadium. And we're just so happy that, uh, you know, he seems to be on the road to recovery and doing so much better right now. And, and for us, that's really the good part. Yeah, and it was just the amazing uh, sense of community throughout the NFL and throughout sports. And um, to watch his um, – hey. Yeah. GoFundMe, you know, you know, push all right. the way up to, to four four million dollars. Absolutely incredible. So um, it just shows the humanity of people and um, how sport brings people together. And just was a, a, a touching week. And obviously, uh, there'll be more follow up to this story as it goes on. But uh, you know, again, all of our, our prayers and right. thoughts are, are with him and his family, and and uh, and both to both teams, and obviously the rest right. of the teams that are battling through these uh, these issues. And and what what a gamer! I mean, according to the doctors, you know, when he when they first revived, and the first thing he wrote down is who won the game i mean that's awesome i mean that really is uh pretty cool um now the bad uh we're gonna kind of flip to the uh the national basketball association and the the clippers who managed their starting five to score 26 points i think you can elaborate a little bit on yeah so i I was uh you know earlier this week uh, clippers at denver um the nuggets had a 66 to 32 lead this is a game in which uh, Leonard and George both start start for the Clippers. Uh, Clippers go five of 37 from three-point land, end up losing 122 to 91. But their starters um, scored 26 points in the game. Now Leonard and George both didn't end up playing in the second half after obviously being doubled up in the first half. But that's the lowest amount of points scored by a starting five in the NBA this year. How many points did Donovan Mitchell score the other night yeah, by himself? 71 by right. himself. So uh, you know the bad. We didn't we didn't put you in the ugly category this week, Clippers. Uh, find a way to rebound, but they've lost four in a row, um, and and getting their stars back, this team is expected to compete in the West. Um, These guys are back, and they just put in a real clunker the other night at Denver. Yep. Okay, so now the ugly to finish it off. We're going to go back to pro football, and uh, Texans-Colts playing a game that wouldn't think really meant too much, but it kind of means a little bit of something to the Texans here, is that if they happen to win this game, and the Chicago Bears, who are on a lengthy losing streak, the longest losing streak in their history, are resting Justin Fields um, and, and have a lot of – he's injured. They have a lot of other players that are injured um, as well. Happened to, to lose, and the Texans happened to beat the Colts. The number one pick goes to the Windy City, and I'm sure we'd be okay with that. But do the Texans actually find a way – to beat Sam Edinger and the Colts? Well, just the fact, I mean, the Colts have been on our ugly list <laughs> multiple times over the last 
four weeks to mix in with the Broncos. But the fact that they're favored in this game, the way that they've played of late, um, is just amazing. Um, and the only reason for that is obviously they're playing the Texans, who right. we're guessing don't want to win this game. I would think um, and, so. And, and, and regain that right. number one pick. So, you know, do the Texans, um, obviously you don't go into the locker room and, and talk about how we want to lose this game, <laughs> but do we start to see um, some second and third stringers playing in this game and, and watch the Colts able to pull out maybe a, a late victory it, as Houston it, just doesn't want to find a way Texans to win. If the Texans did win, it would have meant that they would have won two of the last three weeks to lose out on the number one pick. Well, and the other thing is the Colts, why do they want to win the right. game? You know, I think they're sitting with the sixth spot right if now. If they can move up, Some strategic yeah. losses, they can move up. And I guarantee you, they're a team that's going to be looking for a quarterback. Now, we can talk about them trying to acquire a free agent quarterback or maybe go after somebody like Carr. But again, they could go after the quarterback in the draft. And this is a key draft move-up position for them as well. Aren't they done with Foles and Young? I mean, Foles... And, and, and Wentz and Ryan, I think they're done with that. I think they're going to want to build with a, with a quarterback. And, and I do think the Texans, I know we'll, we'll be dedicating a number of shows to the pro football draft and uh, talking about our draft party and things. I think the, 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 um, the Texans definitely go quarterback at one, but if everything played out the way it is, uh, the Bears, if they do lose, are sitting in a pretty good spot at number two to grab one of the top defensive players or really be able to get a haul of somebody who wants to trade up and maybe it's C.J. Stroud who's sitting on the board at number two. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt we're going to see young Stroud go one and two. It's just a matter of who takes that selection at two and moves up. Um, we've got Seattle, who's most likely going to be sitting at three because they have Denver's pick right. from the Russell Wilson trade. Do they stick with Geno, and are they interested in going and drafting a quarterback, or does a team like the Colts find Colts, a way to Panthers, trade? Panthers, Falcons, I think. Uh, right. Multiple teams. Yep. We talked about it here, the, the, all throughout the right. last couple months that there's about 19 NFL right. teams that should be searching for a quarterback. So it should be a quarterback-heavy draft, um, specifically with Young um, and Stroud right. at the top. Will Levis um, may find his way there in the top 10 as well. Uh, but, again, look for a lot of depth in the quarterback position throughout the draft. I, I couldn't agree. Guys, again, don't forget, get the app. you got the national championship game Monday. A ton of props are going to be on the board for that. Week 18 is a little bit crazy. We know a lot of games there's going to be considerable movement. There are like five or six marquee games. And then we're going to jump right into the playoffs. So it's such a great time to sign up for STN Sports. From Jason and myself, the entire crew here again, happy new year, you guys. Looking forward to a, a great 2023. And uh, we'll see you guys next week on Bookends when we jump into the pro football playoffs.